Welcome, I'm Nestor Flores, the pastor of Dayspring Church in Mission Hills, California. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I want to invite you to learn more about Dayspring Church by visiting our website, dayspringmh.org. We trust that if you open your heart, God will speak to you and you'll know how to live a life with God at the center that will result in a blessed life. This message will inspire, build your faith, and help you to know God better. Enjoy the message. We are in a series about a fresh anointing. And if you have not grasped it yet, we want you to know that this series is birthed out of a promise, out of, out of a, 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 a direct, powerful intention from God. God is inviting us, not just as a Mission Hills Church, but he's inviting us as a overall campus, together with our Palmdale campus, our Spanish campus, our campus uh, at La Iglesia. And he's inviting us because he wants to take us to a new place. And in order to go to a new place, we need a fresh anointing. Listen to me. God wants to take you to a new stage. He wants to take you to a new season. He wants to take you to a new mindset. He wants to give you a new vision. He wants to take you to a greater, newer depth in your relationship with him. And we can't go there with our old mindset. We can't go there with past spiritual experiences. God wants to do something new and he wants to give us a fresh anointing. Amen. Amen. So that's what this series is about. And uh, I'm going to share a couple of testimonies with you just a little bit further. But I want to let you know that it is so awesome. I want to ask you, I want to plead with you that you would make sure that you are here next Sunday. Next Sunday, we're going to have something very special happen. We're going to be ordaining Pastor Angel Juarez. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. Pastor Frank is going to be with us and Pastor Ann. And uh, we're going to be ordaining him. And if you're saying, what is that? Like, we're not milking him, okay? Not, not that kind of ordination. As a four-score denomination, when somebody's called into ministry, the first step is that they have to be recognized by the church. The church has to confirm their calling, has to, you know, because th then anybody can rise and say, oh, I'm called a pastor. I don't love people. I can't preach. I don't like to go to church, but I'm called to be a pastor. That's not the way it works, right? So the church confirms it. And then when that person is confirmed by the church, then Foursquare gives them a ministry license, which is more of a legal uh, step just just so that they are a, a reverend. They're able to do weddings, funerals, um, all that sort of stuff. But after two years of having that, that license, then the church confirms the spiritual aspect of it. And that's what we're going to be doing next Sunday. We are going to be recognizing that there is a calling upon his life, that there is an anointing upon his life. And I think we've seen that, right? Angel has been a blessing to us, hasn't he? And uh, he's far from perfect, okay? But, but, but he's doing a good job. And uh, we are so glad that he has chosen to respond to that calling. So if Angel has been a blessing to you, I want to ask you to make sure you're a blessing to him next Sunday by being here and helping us make that Sunday special. Amen? Yes. Will you be here? Yes. 
All right. Hopefully those online also join us. Let's pray and we'll jump into today's message. Heavenly Father, we come before you with so much gratitude and joy, Father. Lord, this day of life is, is a great gift, Lord, because if we had not woken up this morning, Father, uh, how difficult would that have been for our loved ones? If we had not woken up this morning, Lord, what good would anything else have been? So we, we don't take for granted the gift of life life that you give us and Lord what a what a better way is there any better way to use it than by starting this day in your house Lord father as we've gathered here we we, we don't want to through that religious duty, we, we want to have an experience with you. We know that you're a God that is alive, that you're a God that is interested in us, that you're a God that knows us by name, that you're a God that has a plan for us. So this morning, Lord, meet us right where we are, Lord. Whether we are in need of new strength, whether we are in need of peace or joy or, or, or just patience, or we need to open a door, or we just Lord, a reminder of how loved and special we are to you. I pray that you would do that this morning. As we go into your word, Lord, we want to be good soil. We want to be that kind of soil that the seed lands on and gives much fruit. We don't want it to just fill our head, but we want it to transform our lives. So, Father, give us wisdom, understanding, and transform us through the truth and the power of your word. We pray name. Amen. Amen. You've ever had little kids? You've done this. If you've ever had to raise little kids, whether they were your own or, or a family or, or a loved ones, you've done this. What is it that you're talking about, Pastor Nestor? Well, you've wear them out, right? In fact, it is one of those guilty pleasures of being a parent, right? You'll go to a birthday party and uh, let them run, let them run, so that when we get home, what do they do? They go to sleep, right? Because kids are full of energies. Kids have so much energy that it seems like they never run out. But parents, parents know that you can wear a kid out. And that when you wear them out, your house is a lot more peaceful. Your house lasts clean longer, right? So as much energies as kids have, they do run out of energies. Well, something else that runs out of energies or power is the oil. Oil also wears out. The, the anointing can lose its virtue. Oil spoils and becomes rancid. And that is why there, there needs to constantly be a fresh pour of the Spirit in lives. A fresh anointing. Because oil doesn't have the same power today that it did yesterday. We need a fresh visitation of the Holy Spirit. We need a fresh move of the Holy Spirit. Because what got us through yesterday won't always get us through today. Right. So here's a question for you. And you know that question is not to condemn you. is not to make you feel guilty. But for you to reflect. For you to, to realize where you are. And here's the question I would have for you. Are you living with are you living with old oil? 
Are you living? Well, you know, back in 1920, God did this great miracle. Well, great. It was 1920. Now it's 2022. Can the same God that did the miracle back in 1920 do a miracle in 2022? Yes. Are you living with old oil? Well, you know, back in 1990, my husband and I were in love. Yeah, but I love. You know, back in 1905, I've helped and I served. and Well, that was great. But are you serving now? Are you living with old oil? When was the last time you had a special visitation? You had a fresh empowering of the presence of God upon your life. See, without a fresh anointing, without a renewal of the presence of God in your life, you're going to lack vitality. That's why there's a lot of Christians that are dragging their feet, spiritually speaking. That's why there's a lot of Christians that are very emotional and, well, I kind of feel like it. I don't. I think I should, but I really don't want to because they are living with old oil. And see, the greatest danger of living with old oil is that you'll, you'll, you'll become stagnant. You'll become stuck. Because you won't be able to move into the new areas. You won't be able to move into the new things that God wants to do in your life because you are stuck in the past. And if getting stuck isn't bad enough, I'll tell you what's even more dangerous and more tragic. When we refuse, when we don't seek a fresh anointing, a renewal of the Spirit of God in our lives, not only do we become stagnant, we become dependent on other people's spirituality. And when we feel attacked, instead of getting on our knees and knowing that God will hear us and knowing that God will answer us, we got to run to somebody and say, hey, can you pray for me? Hey, can you intercede on my behalf? Hey, hey, can you ask God what I should do in this situation? Because not only have we become stagnant, but we become dependent on other people. We become, forgive me the word, freeloaders. And we say, we want, we want Steve to anoint me because, because he has the spirit of God. And, and by him touching me, he's going to pour. The God is going to do something new in my life. Well, that's great. But, but God wants to do it every day, not just when Steve's around. Because what happens when Steve is not there and you and your spouse start fighting? What happened when the enemy rises with temptation and one of the pastors is not there to pray for you? See, we are to bless one another, but we are not to be dependent on one another for our own spiritual vitality. And that is why we need a fresh anointing. So I'll ask you this. How's your oil reserves? On Wednesday, we, were, we had our life group here and uh, Bard, I don't know how many of you guys know Bard, but Bard is a, he's a mechanic. He works with cars. And uh, as we were getting ready to leave, one of the cars passed by and he said, that car needs oil. I couldn't tell. To me, it sounded normal. But he was able to tell because he knows what it looks like, what it sounds like when a car is running low on oil. And, and, and he said to me, Pastor, you, you should probably tell them to check the oil because if not, they can blow out their engine. 
so I went over to the family and I said, hey, um, somebody told me that your car needs oil, so you might want to check that. So how's your oil? Are you in danger of your motor, your life, your temperament? Maybe that's why you keep blowing up. Maybe that's why you keep throwing in the towel. Maybe that's why there's so much negativity in your life because your oil reserves are low and you're depending on other people. Look at this wonderful parable that Jesus told in Matthew 25, 1 through 8. Look at this. This is a great story. This is a great illustration. Look at what Jesus said. He said, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 bridesmaids who took their lamps and went out to meet their bridegroom. Come on, say it with me. Five of them were what? Foolish. And five were wise. What makes one wise and the other foolish? Well, we're about to find out. What is it that makes five of them wise bridesmaids and five of them foolish? Well, verse 3 tells us. The five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps. But the other five were wise enough to what? To take extra, a lot, uh, to take along extra oil. Look at verse 5. Look at the outcome. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused by the shout, Look, the bridegroom is coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, Please give us some of, our, of, of your oil because our lamps are going out. See, what made the five foolish foolish is that they didn't have enough oil in their reserves. They, 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 they weren't able to go the long distance. And you got to look at the words they say. They say, please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. Here's what you got to know. Here's what you got to know. Here's what this parable teaches us. We will miss out on the new facet. We will miss out on the next level. We will miss out on those things we've been asking God to do when we are not prepared. They were waiting for the groom. That's what they wanted. That's what they longed for. But because their oil was low, when it came time for the, for the groom to arrive, they weren't ready to meet him. And they missed out. Is it possible that those things you've been asking God for, it's not that God has been delaying, but that you've been missing them out because you're not ready? Because spiritually speaking, you're running low and you don't have the sensitivity of the spirit to hear God saying, go, take it. I am with you. I am going to be with you and I, you're going to have victory. Is it possible that those things that you've been praying for, God has already answered, but you've been missing them because you don't have the spiritual character to walk in the spirit and say, I am no longer that person, but here's who I am in Christ now. See, when our oil runs out, not only do we get stagnant, but we depend on other people and we miss out opportunities. We need one another for community. We need one another to grow. But let me tell you, there's a lot of battles that you got to fight on your own. And if your spirit is not filled with the spirit of God, you'll miss it. You'll miss it. You'll stay stuck. 
So that's why we're talking about a fresh anointing. And last week, Pastor Angel mentioned the first why we need a fresh anointing. Would you fill this out in your outline? You need a fresh anointing because the anointing restores you. Anointing heals us. The anointing restores us. Today, I want to talk to you about the reason we need a fresh anointing. Fresh anointing is out in your outlines because the anointing empowers you. The anointing empowers you. Why do we need a fresh anointing? Because we need power. Church, we're lacking power. There is a church today that talks about a power it once had, but it no longer displays. The church, families, marriages, they're lacking power. You can see it in their faith. You can see it in the relationships. You can see it in the, in the broken dreams. You can see it in the abandoned visions. You can see it in the failed goals. That there is power that they are lacking. And we talk about power, but we lack it. And the reason we miss it is because we sometimes forget that this power that we desperately need does not come from within, but it comes from above. That it is not something that is birthed from us, but it's something that is given to us. And many of us, we, we can testify about the failure after failure after failure of saying, I am going to change. I am going to be different. I am going to love. I am going to just think differently. But we don't go after the power from above. We try to go from the power from within. And that's why we need a fresh anointing. Because the anointing of God empowers us with the power that is not our own but that we desperately need. Listen to me, church. It is impossible. It is impossible. It is impossible to walk the Christian life without the power of the Holy Spirit. You cannot do it on your own. If your oil reserves, if your relationship with God, it's not one that is vibrant, it's not one that is dynamic, you will fail time after time after time after time. And we need the fresh anointing because it empowers us. Look at this wonderful promise that Jesus gave us in Acts 1.8. Look at what he says. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be what? My witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. In this passage, we have a promise. But we also have a premise. Pastor, what do you mean by that? Well, there's something that God promised to do, but there's, there's, a, there's a way or a requirement to that promise. What is the promise? Well, let's look at the promise. Can we go to the next slide? The promise is that we will receive power. There isn't one single person in this room that God doesn't want to give His Holy Spirit to. There isn't one single person in this room that God doesn't want to pour power upon. But here's the premise. Here's the requirement or here's the way. The premise is that in order to receive this power, we receive it when the Holy Spirit This power doesn't come when you post a nice verse on social media. 
This power doesn't come when you think good vibes and positive thoughts. This power doesn't come when you, I know I can, I know I can, I know, no. This power comes when we open ourselves, when we humble ourselves before God and we say, we need your spirit, Lord. In Acts 1.8, the Holy Spirit came upon those that were together praying, that were seeking the Lord. They were hungry for the Lord. And when they were in that environment, the Holy Spirit came with power and he touched their lives. Now, when we receive the Holy Spirit, he empowers us. And we've mentioned already that the oil is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. That's what we're talking about, a fresh anointing. That's why we're anointing during these services. Because what we're seeking is a powerful move, a powerful presence of the Holy Spirit. But when the Holy Spirit comes to empower us, you have to ask the question, what is it that he empowers us to do? To argue better? To feel more righteous and be able to put other people down? What is it that he empowers us to do? To be more religious? What is it that the Holy Spirit empowers us to do? Well, I'll tell you what he empowers us to do. He empowers us to live different. That is the number one sign of somebody that is empowered by the Holy Spirit. That they no longer live like they used to. That now they live different. That, yeah, that, that, that's who Nestor was back in 1990, but that's not who Nestor is in 2022. So, so, is your life any different? And if it's not, well, then, then you have the answer. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You need to stop being religious, and you need to start being relational. Because you know somebody can be religious and not change, right? Yeah. Right? Oh, I, finally I get an Amen. Somebody can know a lot of Bible. Somebody can know all the right things that God says, but not change. In fact, it is those people that sometimes push other non-believers from coming to Jesus. Because they say, well, you know all the right things, but you don't live all the right things. Right? But, but, but then there's those people. There's those people that you just know the presence of God. You know, yesterday I got a call from somebody in our church and uh, they said, Pastor, would you swing by our house? We have something that we want to give you. Those are good calls, right? So I said, sure, you know. So on the way home, we, we stopped by the house and uh, this one couple, they're just so full of the Holy Spirit. They're so generous, so loving. They showered us with pizza and wings and candy for the kids and a salad for me and, you know, just... <laughs> They, listen, check this out. They even gave me a plant of habaneros. I'm going to post a picture today. You know, and I'm telling you all this, not, not to brag, but, but I'm telling you all this because as we were driving home, I had Nathan and Kaylee with me. And Nathan and Kaylee, my two-year-olds, one is uh, going to be four and the other one's going to be seven. I think. <laughs> I'm getting old. I stopped counting, okay? So my little kids are with me, and here's what they said to me. And they said their names. I'm not going to tell you their names because then you're going to want them to give. So no, I'm just my. But anyways, they said, Dad, they're so awesome, huh? 
They, they must really love God to do all this stuff. Right? Those are the people that touch our lives. They're not the ones that can argue political sides or political arguments. They're those that you say, you know what? Just by the way you love, by the way you talk, by the way you treat me, by the way you walk, by the way you are, I can tell that God is in your life. Well, that's, that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. So if you're here this morning, which I think you're here because you say, I need more of God and I want him to change my life. Well, I'm giving you the answer. You need the power of the Holy Spirit. Because he'll empower you to live differently. And let me, let, let me just mention two quick ways that he empowers us to live differently by, okay? The two differences that he makes. Number one, we are anointed with power, and you can fill this out in your outline. In your outline. We are anointed with power to live with authority. The difference between somebody that's got the Holy Spirit and somebody that doesn't is authority. Okay, the word authority denotes permission. It denotes privilege. Rule, control, influence. When someone has authority, they insert privileges. And here's the good news. Here's the good news. Before Jesus ascended to the Father, look at what he said in Matthew 28. This is Jesus speaking. And he says, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. What does he say? Therefore, go. Therefore, go, right? Jesus says, listen, I have all authority. All authority belongs to me. And the Bible tells us that one day, every knee will bow down and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. Not everybody does it willingly, but one day everybody will do it because they have no other choice. They will recognize that truly is the Son of God. But it will be too late for many. But listen, Jesus says, all authority is mine on earth, on heaven. Therefore, I am sending you. I am telling you go in the authority that I am giving you. Jesus shared his authority with us. Let, let, means in our days. There's a legal term for this type of authority that Jesus gave us, and it's called power of attorney, right? Power of attorney means that somebody is given the right, somebody is given the authority to make decisions on behalf of somebody else. In other words, if something happens to me, then then Lorena has power of authority to, to make the decisions that I would need to make. And you have to know that everything that Jesus wants to accomplish on the earth today, he does it through the believers that believe in his name because he has given them the authority that he has and, is and he says, now you go. Right. And there is a big difference between somebody that has the authority of Christ and somebody that doesn't. Look at what Jesus said about this type of authority in Mark 16, 17, and 18. Look at what he said. He said, these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They will what? Here's a question. What would you do if a demon appeared to you? A lot of you would run. You would run. You, you, you would lose sleep. You would start imagining all kinds of other things. You know why? Because you lack the authority or the understanding of the authority that you have. 
You want me to tell you something? There is no reason why a believer should be afraid of a demon. A demon needs to be afraid of every believer. And Jesus said, he said, the signs of that believe in me, that, that live with the authority that I have. He says, it's in my new languages they will be able to handle snakes with safety and if they drink anything poisonous it won't hurt them and that doesn't mean that as a Christian you should go grab a poison but it means that those dangerous things around you God is going to protect you from them it means that the harmed around you won't be able to touch you because God is with you and he says they will be able to place their hand and they will be what healed, healed. church it's time that we start living with the authority that God has given us. You got to know that the enemy is trying to divide your marriage. You got to know that the enemy is trying to rob you of your kids. You got to know that the enemy is trying to destroy your mental health. You got to know that the enemy is trying to rob you of your peace. That he's trying to steal your joy. But you don't have to let him because you have authority over him. And it's time that we start saying as individuals, devil, you got no room in my marriage. You got no room in the I, I command you to get out. I command you to leave. You have no place in my kids. My kids will not be addicts. My kids will not end up in jail. Because greater is God than you who are against me. You see, but, but we lack that power. Because we don't have that fresh anointing. And, and what do we do? Instead of using authority, we make false promises. I promise you I'm not going to hit you again. I promise you I'm not going to cheat on you again. I promise you I'm not going to do that again. And then what happens? We fail again. Why? Because we are not taking advantage of the authority that has been given to us. Now, listen. I am not saying that this authority is the kind of authority that you can go around claiming and naming whatever you want. God made it very clear what his will is. I can't go to the BMW and say, in Jesus' name, that BMW is mine. I'm walking out with it. Because I will walk out with it and walk into prison. Right? But listen, but listen, when the enemy tries to come and put bad dreams in my kids, I can take authority over that. And said, this home is the home that belongs to the Lord. And only his presence and his goodness dwells upon those that live in this place. So, so what is the enemy trying to take from you? Where is the enemy attacking you? Some of you, 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 you're losing your love for your spouse. And you think it's because she's gaining weight. No, it's not because she's gaining weight. It's because the enemy is attacking your mind and saying she doesn't make you as happy as she used to. And you got to take authority over that and say, this is, this is the gift from God that he gave me. And I am going to love her till the last day of my life. We have to take that authority. God gave it to you. Use it in your home. Use it in your church. Use it in the, those areas of your life. And, and the Holy Spirit empowers you and he gives you that conviction to be able to do those things. But you got, you got to have courage. You got to have confidence and you have courage and confidence when you understand that this power doesn't come from within, but it comes from above. 
that it is not who Nestor is because if it was who Nestor was, I have no authority to do anything. I don't even, no, I'm not going to say that. Anyways, <laughs> but I have authority not because of who I am, but because of who he is. So the Holy Spirit empowers us to live differently by giving us authority. You got to use his, you got to use the authority that in you in through his spirit. The second way that the Holy Spirit empowers us to live differently is that those who are anointed, who are, are empowered to live in victory. They're anointed and empowered to live with victory. Let me, let me make something to you. Let me make something clear to you. You're not going to win the battle. Okay, can, can I just, let me tell you why. Because we sin, right? We mess up. Anybody sin this week? Or just me? No? Okay, me and Manolo. You, oh, Stephen. Okay, Steve. Okay, all, all you, rest of you, you're in denial, okay? But, uh, but we sit, right? I'm not always as loving as I should be with my wife. I'm not always as patient as I should be with my kids. So there, there are some victories that I'm going to lose. But listen to me. As Christians, there's more battles that we should win than lose. Amen. Let me say that again, then I'll tell you why. As Christians, we should win more battles than the ones we lose. Because we're representatives of Jesus. We're representative of the one that never loses. The one that is perfect. The one that has all wisdom, all power, and all authority. Amen. We, we lose victories when we walk in our flesh, when we walk in our desires. But when we walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, we ought to be walking from victory to victory to victory. From glory to glory to glory. And listen, God didn't meant for your life to be confused, to be defeated, to be energyless. He wants to give you victory because you represent him. He brings about his kingdom through your life and my life. And when the, when the spirit of God empowers you, he empowers you to live in victory. Let, let, let me prove that to you. Look at Samuel 16, 13. We've looked at this verse, but, but, but look at it one more time with me. Look at what it says. So as David stood there amongst his brothers, Saul took the flask of olive oil he had brought and anointed David with oil, right? I've illustrated the first week what that looked like. But look at the last part of that verse. And the spirit of the Lord came powerfully on David from from that day on, when was it the Spirit of God came powerfully upon David? As soon as he got anointed, the Spirit of God came powerfully. Now, check this out. This is so important. You cannot miss this. The Bible says that the Spirit of God came with power, powerfully upon David. But does that mean that David went from that place to the palace right away? David got anointed, and where did he go back to? To the fields. He went back to the sheep. He went back to taking care of animals. He went back to being forgotten and put aside by his family because he was the youngest one. So does that mean that the anointing didn't work? No. Because the Bible says that from that day on, the Spirit of God came powerfully upon David. And it was not visible for a while, but it was already working in him. Because here's what you got to know. The spirit of God doesn't start from the outside in, but it starts from the inside out. And as David 
on those fields. The Spirit of God was stirring him. A courage, a fervor, a love for God that when the opportunity came, David would show that he truly was the anointed. Amen. So listen, we've been praying for you and we're anointing you and maybe you're saying well you know I come up and I don't feel anything well it's not about feeling it's about knowing it's about knowing that there is something that God is doing deep inside of you and maybe he won't do it here maybe it'll be the next time you're tempted maybe it'll be the next time you get caught in traffic maybe it'll be the next time the big that then you will see the evidence, the result of the anointing of God. But, but you got to know that there is something that God does that at the right time, you will see the physical evidence. Let me show you what can be argued the first time that it is visibly seen by many that David was truly chosen by God. And you know this story. It's the story of Goliath. Look at what 1 Samuel 17, 45 through 47 says. It says, David replied to the Philistine. If you don't know the story, let, let me just tell you real quickly, right? You, you have the Philistines on one side and you have the Israelites on the other side. And there's this big, this big giant, huge guy coming out and saying, send one man to fight. And if he defeats me, we will be your slaves. But if I, you guys will be our slaves. And there was nobody in the army. Nobody amongst the ranks of Israel that was willing to fight this giant. But then along comes David, who had been sent by his father to go take food to his brothers. Young people, listen to me. God will lead you to his future for you through your parents. What if David had said, nah, those guys suck. Let somebody else send Uber. David didn't know what was going on. David was just being obedient. And he was, he was doing the job of a slave. He was doing a lowly job. But God was using those small details in his life to bring about the promises that he had made to him. Amen. And as David is there, he, he realizes what's going on. And let's read the story. You know it, but I just want to highlight a few things. It says, David replied to the Philistine, you come to me with sword, spear, and javelin. But look at what he says. But I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies. Now, here's what you got to know. David was really skilled at using what? A slingshot. Why didn't David said, you come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I'm going to get you with this slingshot. Because he knew it was not the slingshot, but it was the power of God. Amen. Man? But I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's army, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today the Lord will conquer you and I will kill you and cut off your head. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword of spear. This is the Lord's battle and he will give you to us. You want to know why David, a teenager, by the way, a skinny teenager, 
who was not skilled at war. You know why he's able to stand against this mighty man who had defeated many other warriors and say, today I'm going to cut your head off and I, we're going to feed all you and all your buddies to the animals and everybody will know that there is a God. You know why David can have that kind of courage? Because he was an anointed person. Because the Spirit of God created such courage and trust in God that he was able to stand there and say, Hey, listen, I know I can say these things not because of who I am, but because of who he is. And that's the difference that the anointing makes. See, some of you, you're fighting battles the wrong way. You're fighting them in the flesh when you ought to be fighting them in the Spirit. You're fighting your spouse when you ought to be fighting the spirits behind those things that are trying to destroy you. You're fighting your boss instead of fighting the demons that are trying to wreck your life. And not only should you fight them, but you should have victory over them because you have confidence that God is with you. Amen. And when there is a fresh anointing, there is a courage, there is a trust in who God is to say, I can take this on. What's stopping you? What's stopping you from taking the next step of faith that God is asking you to? Is it fear? Because I, I tell you what the number one thing a lot of people say. Well, what if it fails? And I would tell you this morning, what if the spirit of God is upon you in such a way that you don't? What, 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 what if God is raising up an enemy just to show you how powerful he is? But that's the difference that the anointing makes. We hope you enjoyed this message. But before you go, we want to extend an invitation to start a personal relationship with Jesus and declare Him your God. No one loves you like Jesus, and no one will impact your life for good like Jesus will. Would you make the following prayer your prayer? Heavenly Father, I repent of my wrongdoing. I open my heart and I want to have a personal relationship with you. I trust that Jesus died so I could be forgiven, but he didn't stay dead. He rose back to life so I could have eternal life. From today on, I will follow you, transform my life through your truth and love. In Jesus' name, amen. Congratulations. If you made that prayer, God lives in you, and now you have a new life in him. Connect to a church so your faith and love for God can continue to grow. We believe that you can find a loving and encouraging community in Day Spring Church. Come visit us. You belong here. We would love to meet you.